I've been thinking about that too, is that, you know, as we're building a church, building, we really need to be building the church, the body, and uh, to be encouraging the body to continue to grow and to become more and more mature in Christ and His love and, and these types of things and be a part of His mission and that we join Him in what He's doing to reach the world. And, and, and one of the thoughts uh, um, that I've been having is with that block that, we've, that we, we've been using as sort of a reminder to be in prayer for our building. And I had told you guys at uh, the, the time when we announced that we were wanting to purchase it, I said, write a name on the back of it of somebody that may need to know Jesus and that we could invite them to come and be a part of our church. Wouldn't it be amazing if each and every one of us had an opportunity to share the message, the good news of Jesus and his death, resurrection, and the hope and the love and the life that he offers us with somebody else and have them come and be a part of our church as well. Uh, Today I'm going to jump into another epic story and uh, I was asked earlier in the uh, before the service or during the music, I was asked by a friend that said, well, what's the epic story today? Who are you going to talk about? And, and in the next few weeks, and actually last week, uh, I've decided sort of to kind of go off a, a little bit off of the epic stories of the people in the Bible and really to talk about the epic story that God is writing within you. And the, the, the message of the gospel, the good news, that, that every one of us has this opportunity to experience something good in our life because of what God has done. And so the, the story that he's writing still presently right now has things to do with a good news gospel that, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Talked a little bit about the good news last week. This week, we want to talk about the idea that, that everybody in God's story is loved. They are so loved. They are accepted. They are brought into this community, into his relationship with him. The next couple of weeks, we'll talk about being known, and we'll also talk about being changed. And I just felt like it was a, it was a way of, of saying, you know what, God's the author. He's the perfecter of our faith. He's, he's still in so many ways knows our story, but we're still living it out presently today. As uh, Chris was handing out Bibles, I remember my son Grant when he got his Bible. I remember when he opened up a piece of paper in the Bible and he read his dad's favorite verse. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And he had this big smile on his face and he walked down the aisle right after he read it and he looked at me and he could just tell that he was super proud of what he was learning and how he was growing. You know, I, I, a friend of mine gave me a, uh, a shirt a couple of uh, months back that said, you know, beware, uh, I'm a pastor. Anything you say can be used in a sermon. <laughs> right? I don't know if you ever heard that before. So, so, so be careful. You never know. You never know when, when I might use a story or a, a situation to kind of tell a story. Well, this kind of an interesting thing is this last week I was uh, on a snowmobile trip uh, in West Yellowstone and with a few guys from the church, and we had a wonderful time, and, and we get back, and and my, my, my son Joey and my family, they're all, they're all sitting there waiting, kind of when I got there, I got there about 10 o'clock, and first thing I did is I pulled out a, about a 15-minute video of me being lost 
in the, on the mountain. And I had it because I have a GoPro on the side of my helmet. So I got about 15 minutes of me searching to, to find the rest of the guys that, uh, that, I'm, that, that I couldn't find. So I'd gone up this uh, about, probably about 1,500 whatever feet above where we were, and, and I was trying to find my way back down, and there's all these little paths, and there's all these little valleys, and some of them are steep, some of them aren't, some of them lead into a valley this direction, some of them lead into a different valley this direction, and, and I had one buddy that I thought was behind me, and when I turned around to look, he wasn't there, and I guess he was only 75 feet to the left, but I didn't see him, so I started looking around, and I'm like, I don't know what to do, so I drove back up to the top, and I came back down, and and Joey and my, my family were watching it, and, and then my son goes, Dad, he goes, this is great. He says, you got all kinds of sermons you could use out of this. And he starts telling me what I can say in, for the sermon today. He starts describing things like, well, there's all kinds of paths, you know, that people take, but there's only one path that you can take when you, to find life and to find Jesus. I said, that's pretty good, Joey, you know? And then he's like, oh, and then there's, well, then there's the, the, the va- valley of the shadow of death, dad, and you don't want to be in the valley of the shadow of death, you know, or, I mean, he just, and he's just, and he's starting to think, and I'm kind of going, you know, son, I'm probably going to find a way to use, you know, your, this story of you telling me this in the sermon, you know, be ready, but he knows me well enough to know that I probably would, would do that. He says, you know, that maybe we're lost without hope and we feel all alone, but we're not, you know? And then, in a cold, dark world, you are not alone. And I'm thinking, this is good stuff. I'm like, Joey, if you didn't have volleyball, come on up. Do the sermon today. This is great stuff. Well, he's not here today, so I have a sermon to give. I've titled it, In a Cold, Dark World, You Are Not Alone. I'm just joking about that. <laughs> Took Joey's idea. Um, as we were driving around and as you, we felt somewhat lost, the one thought I had in my mind was actually a, a Bible verse. It was the Bible verse in Psalms 139 that says this, and, and, and starting with verse 7. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I ride a snowmobile in the woods, <laughs> if I dwell in the, in, in the, by, the, by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You know, there's there's these moments in our lives when I think when we question, we wonder, we we doubt, we we are concerned, we we, we just don't know where we are. We seem lost and alone and we're in a place where we, 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 we are looking for hope in life and yet we need to look back and think, about God and about how he is already in the, our presence and he's never left us and he's always been there. You know, in, my, um, in this experience, in this trip, we, we had an opportunity uh, to meet a couple of new people or new friends um, out there uh, in the mountains. And my, my friend Jeremy went with and Jeremy had a, uh, 
a friend from high school that was out there, and she was a guide. She was a guide. She was a person who actually um, takes snowmobile trips or t- takes people who want to ride snowmobile. They take them through the either Yellowstone Park or they'll take them out into the backcountry. And she gave us just a great experience to be able to go out and, uh, and ride in the mountains. And we had a wonderful time. And at one point, um, we found out that she, is, she owned a, a bar and that uh, on one of the nights, we decided we should go and just sit down and visit and, and connect with, with her and her, her friends. And, and so we did. And as we were there, we were discussing, we were talking, and, and, and being a pastor and being, you know, even in this bar, there was a little bit of thing, a few things that I felt a little bit awkward, but, but there was a, this thought in my head was about who Jesus is and who God is, and the fact that, that, that in so many ways when you watch, you know, Jesus, it's like he hung out with the tax collector, the prostitutes, and the sinners, and, and he didn't come for those that, that thought they were healthy, he came for those that, were, that knew they were sick, and the, and, the, and the religious people would say to, pe- to Jesus things like, like, why are you hanging out with such drunkards and gluttons? And Jesus would say things like, when the bridegroom's here, you celebrate. Like, and, and I was uh, sitting there and I was thinking about it. And we were having these conversations. Do you know that in, in a world of, of, of this place, in, this, in a place where it's, it's kind of dark and, it's, and, there, and there's a lot of um, you know, things going on in that, in that bar, in that scene, like there was an opportunity for a few of us to be the light. You know, a little bit later, she sent a text message to, to Jeremy and she had said, he goes, when, we, when you guys left, he says, I felt like there was a light that was in the place, that there was a light that you guys brought and life that you brought. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, we shared the gospel, we shared the good news, and, and in, even in all those conversations and all these things, it was like, it was so clear, and it was so, if, to me it was so clear, but yet, how many times is it not so clear to the other person? How many times is it a little bit confusing? And, and there was a few things that, 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 that some people were to start to share and things that just kind of live in within the humanistic world and not necessarily in the biblical world. You know, I mean, it's things like, you know, I found myself. I found myself, or I, I gotta be true to myself, or, or these are the things that are bringing me fulfillment. I found happiness where I am in my place with my people. And as I was starting to listen to these things, I was kind of going, I still wish that I could try to help you understand that, it's, that, it, that there's something wrong within your thinking. I don't know about you, but I know about me that there's so many times when, when I think I know exactly what I need to do or think I know exactly what's true, and yet the God has a way of, of opening me up and he has a way of convincing me or showing me that I was completely wrong. There are times when that happens through his word. As we were driving home, I had this opportunity to uh, you know, scan through you know, Facebook or some different things, and I had found somebody had written five things that Jesus didn't say, and I thought they were kind of interesting, and it kind of related to the conversation that we were having. First one is, follow your heart. You ever heard that? You know, just follow your heart. And yet the Bible says, like, the heart is deceitful above all else. But yet we say, follow your heart. The humanistic world says, follow your heart. Do whatever your heart tells you. We gotta be careful here, and it says, and Jesus says, you know, follow me. He doesn't say follow your heart, he says follow me. You know, the next thing that Jesus didn't say was, hey, be true to yourself. What he said was, whoever wants to be, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. 
And that, I mean, there's a part of us that, that we need to have a change of mind, a, re, a renewing of our mind to think differently because, because in our own ways, we will, we will get lost. In our own ways, we'll go down valleys that will bring us to our own you know, demise. We need the one true path. We need to find and figure out what Jesus says so that we can live in his word and in the truth. Another thing that Jesus didn't say was believe in yourself. Jesus said believe in me. Believe in me. Or how about live your truth. Jesus said I am the truth. How many times do we think we believe what is true and yet we find out later it's not true. I had a friend yesterday at a wedding we were, we were sitting there talking and she was talking about how she struggled a little bit with some of these, her her new friends that she had made, and she uh, was kind of went and, and had took a shower in the morning, and the ladies had left, and her opinion or my, her thought was, why would they not wait for me? And her first thought was, why would they not wait for me to go and get breakfast in the morning? And she comes out of the shower, and she starts getting ready, and you know what happens? They brought her a plate of food back for breakfast. And there's a thought in our mind right away is, well, wait a minute, how can that be? I can't believe they did this. And yet the truth is is that they weren't rejecting her or leaving her. They were actually bringing a meal as a gesture of love. Sometimes we see it wrong and we need to see things differently and try to believe in the best, not just believe in the negative. Um, And the last thing, last five things that Jesus didn't say as long as you are happy. You ever heard that one? Well, as long as you, it makes you happy, it's got to be good. Jesus said, what profit a man who can gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? What profit a man who can gain the whole world? You think gaining the whole world is going to bring happiness? And he says, boy, you can lose your soul. You can lose your heart. Because if it's all about fame, fortune, you know, it's all about happiness on this earth, maybe there's nothing satisfying you deeply within your own life presently, and maybe never outside in, in the eternal life. The last one that I thought of was this. I have to love myself because no one else will. You ever heard that? Have you ever heard somebody say that? I've got to love myself because there's no one else that's going to love me. I think a lot of us, maybe we don't even say it. Maybe we don't actually verbalize that, but maybe we think that inside of our own mind. How could anyone love me? I'm just not that good a person. I don't look right. I don't talk right. I don't like this about me. I don't like that about me. I better love myself because no one else is going to. And I'm going to tell you, you are wrong. Jesus loves you. The Bible says that Jesus loves us. It says we love God, not, we didn't love God first, God loved us first. You know, we say we love God, but he loved us first. You know, and I think that's so true, and even, even as I was thinking about it, which parent doesn't love their kids? And family, and friends, and you know, we have to stop lying to ourselves. We are so, so loved. Um, anytime somebody kind of sends me a text message or they're in hardship, one of the things I, I like to write 
as a reminder in the text message is, is you are loved. I'll just say, type something, whatever it is, you know, and then at the end I just put, you are loved. Many years ago, I remember going through some difficulties in my life, and I had a good friend come up to me and say, Josh, do you know how loved you are? Do you know how loved you are? I think sometimes we just need to go back and look at what God says, what he tells us about how loved we really are. Where can we go from your spirit? Where can we go from your presence? You know, what, he, he, I mean, even, even in Psalms 145, I mean, there's all these different places. I was reading through this today, and I was just like, this is, this is, this is an amazing, amazing passage. A Psalm of David. He says, I will exalt my God and King. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is he's most worthy of praise. No one can measure, the, measure his greatness let each generation tell of its children of his mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone, um, everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord. All of your works will thank you, Lord. And your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of your glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell you of your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your rule uh, throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all that he does. The Lord helps the fallen, lifts those who bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all who look to you in hope, you will give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, all, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears the cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord, and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Have you ever met a guy like David? <laughs> Who's just, he pours out all of this about who his God is and how much he loves you know, him and how he, he knows that God's with him and wherever he goes and whatever he does. Do you know how loved you are? The Bible says, greater love is no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus like, says, let me show you the full extent of my love by washing his disciples' feet, by going to the cross and dying. When he, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, for I will give you rest. Do you know how loved you are? 
Or how about, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How many of you think and you go, you wonder, you question, like, could God really forgive me from all the bad things that I've done in my life? Yes. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean? Like his, the full extent of his love, the, the, the character and the compassion and the love of God is, is constantly in pursuit of us. For surely his goodness, his unfailing love will pursue us every day of our life. And someday we'll dwell in the courts of the house of the Lord forever, the Bible says. I mean, these are the, the types of things that we need to continue to remember that we are loved. Our story is a story about God chasing us down to show us the full extent of who he is. And God is love. The Bible says that, that God is love and those who live in love live in God and God lives in them. You know, the other, a couple months back, I remember preaching a message that I had to ask the question is, you know, from the movie, um, um, I can't remember what it was now. Um, it doesn't really matter what the movie was anyway. Um, fireproof, that was what it was. And there was a question that was asked of the son who was struggling. The dad asked him a question, and he says, and then he gives him an answer. He, he says, son, you can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. So many times in our life, we, we want this love, we want to experience it, and we think it comes from within us, and it doesn't. It comes from God, who grants it to us. You know, and, and there's, there's just no other way around it. And so we can only love by accepting the love God has for us and then be able to give it to others. You can't give what you don't have. God is love. And we need God in our life. He loves us so much. We are loved. We need to accept that love so that we can give that love to others. He says, I'm sending you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the world cannot give that only God can give peace of heart and mind. Only God can give love. So the first idea here is that we are loved. And the second idea is this. We choose to love. We decide to love. Because God loves us, we decide to love others. The story is God's love for us is great, but let's receive that love and then let's respond in love for others. The Bible says that, um, that they will know, Jesus says they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love, by the way that God has changed your heart and how you then can go out and live differently. On the way home, we were um, driving home and we decided that basically everybody uh, in the truck that was, there's four of us that was driving home and everybody would have to fill up with diesel gas because it was a diesel truck. And we each just took different turns to fill up. So every time we ran out of gas, you know, close to running out of gas, we'd stop at a gas station and fill it up. And, and there was one moment when, when it, was, it was Jeremy's turn to, to fill up with gas. And this was, this, was, this was classic. I mean, first thing is we drive in and uh, he pulls out the, the handle. He tries to stick his card in. There's no place to put his card in, whatever. He pull, I think actually he put his card in, and it, it didn't register. Has that ever happened to anybody? You know, it's like, it doesn't register. And so he's trying to put the gas thing in. He's trying to fill it up. It doesn't work. So he puts it back, and he walks in. And he says, hey, you know, this thing doesn't work. And there's people in line. And I could just tell he was getting a little agitated. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And he was still agitated, you know, because he kind of even said to me, he's like, man, this is frustrating, you know. So he, the lady goes, well, which, which pump do you want to prepay for? You know, and he's like, I don't know. So he has to walk outside to figure out, like, so he walks outside and he figures it out. He's like, okay, it's pump number two or whatever. And he walks back in and pump number two, you know, and she's like, well, are you a licensed person that gets, you know, whatever, can get diesel fuel? He's like, no. You know, like, I mean, all these things. We're just going through all these hoops and all this stuff. And you could just tell he was getting really agitated. And I was kind of sitting there, and I'm just watching. I'm just laughing kind of in the back going, because <laughs> I've been there before, you know. And, uh, and as she's, like, finally getting his card, and he's like, well, how, mu- you know, how much money do you want to go on here? He's like, I don't know. And 90 bucks, 100 bucks, and, you know, and he's, I-, I don't know. He just handed his card or whatever. And, and she looks at him, and she goes, are you a loyalty member? <laughs> and I'm going, there's no way that she's going to be a loyalty member after the experience he's had. There's just no way. And here's Jerry. All of a sudden, it was just beautiful. This big smile comes on his face, and he's just so gracious, and he's just like, no, here you go. Put $100 on there. And he smiles, and he says, go ahead. And, and, and he ends up you know, going out and getting the gas, and I sat there and I thought in my head, I thought that in my mind was like, this is a guy that's changed. This is a guy that's got love in him. Even though like we struggle with, with sort of the, the, the tension and we struggle with the, the, the idea of whether or not, you know, our selfish nature is going to win. Like he had a way of just using the spirit of God to just truly love in that moment. You know, and that, that was, and I was telling the story later, and I just started laughing because I thought, what a, what a, that, that we do that, that happens in life every day, doesn't it? Where we just try to do the things that we try to do, and it doesn't always seem to work out, but yet God has a way of changing our hearts and changing our minds and allowing us to truly love people. A simple, thoughtful grace that he showed it's just in you. When you receive Jesus, the love of God is just in you. And you have so much to outpour, to give to others. I want to leave us with a passage today found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. And it's this. And I sometimes think it does seem very crazy, like the Bible says, that we have a ministry that brings glory to God. It says this, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. What in the world does that mean? If it seems crazy, it is to bring glory to God. The idea is that, that people aren't gonna understand how you can be gracious when you've gone through hardship or when you've been hurt or, or abused or you're doing the opposite of what the world might think you should do. You should treat the lady at the gas station poorly because you've been treated poorly. And yet you treat them well, even when they treat you poorly. It's the message of grace. It's the message of love. It's the message that I'm not defined by my experience that I'm going through. I'm defined by who God says that I am, and I am loved. Therefore, I can choose to love others. And so if, if it seems that we are crazy to bring glory to God, if we're in our right minds, it's for your benefit. And then he says this, either way, Christ's love controls us. 
When you have Christ's love inside of you, his love controls you. When you receive that in, and this is what, what Paul's writing to the, the church in Corinthians, he's in Corinth, he's saying, Christ's love controls us, it compels us, it moves us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that, that we have all died to our old life. This is, the, this is super important. This is understanding that, that, that we've changed, that we're not the same person anymore, that we've become new because his love has transformed our heart, that his love makes us less selfish and more selfless. It changes us. He died for everyone so that those who receive this, his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for him, for them. So we have this, we, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one, at one point in time, um, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. At the beginning, I shared with you my friend who was struggling with human points of view and doesn't see it from a godly point of view. You know, even, 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 you know, Peter was struggling with that when he, he was trying to do it his own way and he was saying, you know, God, I won't let you go and die. And Jesus says, you only see things from a human point of view. You don't see it from God's point of view. God's love for us and it compels us, it moves us. The Holy Spirit comes into our life and then we have a new nature, a new mind, new thoughts that are crazy to the world but not crazy to God and not crazy to other believers. That's how we live in a new nature, a new place. It says this, this means that the, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. You are new because you were loved by God. He came for you to give you new life, to bring fulfillment in your life so that the old sinful, selfish nature would be gone away so that you could live in love for other people and for God. It's the message of the gospel. And all of this is a gift from God. All of it's a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God was given, has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Everywhere we go, will people see the love of God in and through us. God loves us. He gives us his love through relationship with Jesus Christ and then we live that love out for others to see. And the reason we can do that is because we are loved by God. We are his ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering of our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And the last verse here in in chapter six says this, as God's partners, we beg you, to not accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness, of his love, of what he did for us, and then ignore it. For God 
says, at just the right time I heard you, on the day of salvation I helped you, indeed the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. You know, there's something in our lives that when we get lost in the, in the woods, we're lost on the mountain, we're concerned about the valleys, we think we are alone, and we remember that our salvation comes from God. Our salvation, the path to righteousness, the hope in eternal life. Luckily, we are not ever alone because God is always with us. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this message today. I pray that each and every person would know how deeply loved they are by you and that they would feel the love of others because those people that are sharing love with others have been loved by you as well. God, I pray today that, that we would allow your love into our hearts, into our minds, that we would trust it, that we would believe in it, that we would know who we are because we know who you are, and that, God, you would change us, that you would restore us, that you would redeem us, that you would bring us back into this right relationship, that we would know that we are not, that we're not lost, but that you found us, and that we can trust and believe and live in your love. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'd stand and join us as we sing this last song together.